Come on, it's good to be in church, isn't it? Doesn't it feel good to be in church? My name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here. If it is your very first time hanging out with us on a Sunday, I'm so glad that you're here. And I also want to say hello to everybody who's watching online at home or watching a recording later on or whatever the case may be for you. Would you all who are in the auditorium here help me welcome first-time guests and everybody watching online at home. We're so glad that you're spending the morning with us as we dive into week number two of our series called All That Matters. We're taking just a few weeks here before At The Movies begins, everybody, in two more Sundays. Come on, who's excited for some popcorn in church, y'all? Come on, even if the message ain't good, at least your belly will be full. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's fun. We, if you don't know what At The Movies is, it's a series we do here every year during the holiday season where we take clips from Hollywood movies and we use them to illustrate uh, teachings from the Bible and truths from the Bible. There's a big old video screen up there above my head that we kind of lower down here and make it feel as much like a movie theater as we possibly can. And we have a lot of fun together during that series. So uh, make sure that you are here for that. And I believe next weekend when you come in, we'll even have little invite cards laying on the seats that you can take and invite friends and family uh, to participate in that. And I can tell you that it will also be available online. So that's why we want you to invite. So you don't, you don't have to worry about people overcrowding here. We'll have that digitally available. Not on Facebook or YouTube, all right? So all of you who are watching online today, you're going to need to make plans to go to truelife.church forward slash live or get the True Life Church of Newark app installed on your phone, tablet, smart device, whatever you use so that you can watch, uh, watch us there, all right? But it will be streamed and we're excited that we're able to do that this year. So uh, really excited to get into this second part of our All That Matters series because we're just trying to refocus uh, during these few weeks here on the things that matter most in heaven. And last week I talked to you about the lost sheep. And uh, in fact, our whole series is really coming out of one passage of scripture. It's Luke chapter 15, where it begins with some religious elites who are angry at Jesus. They're mad at Jesus because of who Jesus is hanging out with. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Come on, aren't you glad that even if you're a notorious sinner, you get to hang around Jesus? Come on. I don't know about you, but I've been a notorious sinner at times in my life. And that's something about our Savior that, that even those who were labeled as the worst sinners were comfortable with him. More importantly, he was comfortable with them. And we talked about this last week, like in the moments in your life where you're feeling like you've ruined it, you've blown it, you're feeling overwhelmed with guilt and shame and like you don't deserve to have a relationship with God, can I just tell you, those are the moments where he's most excited to be with you. Come on, y'all. Those are the moments where he's most excited to be with you. And so this made the Pharisees, uh, I'll teach you a little thing I learned way back in Sunday school. Some of you may have been going to church long enough to remember this, but there were two primary groups of religious leaders in Jewish culture, one group was the Pharisees, and the other ones were Sadducees. And so my, our, I remember my Sunday school teacher, teacher teaching me that the deal with the Pharisees was everybody had to follow the rules. So they wanted every, the Pharisees wanted everything fair, you see. See what I did there? And then the Sadducees, they just weren't very nice, and so they wanted everybody sad, you see. All right, so it's uh, a little theology for you. <laughs> so it made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law, the, the religious elites were complaining 
that Jesus was associating with such awful, sinful, terrible people, even eating with them, which in Jewish culture was the ultimate sign of acceptance, that you would have a meal with someone. And so they were saying, hey, Jesus, if you're as good as you say you are, if you're, uh, really they were saying, if you're any kind of decent Jewish rabbi, you wouldn't associate with these people. And Jesus said, hold on. I came to change some things. I think I came to help you reestablish some priorities. And then he launches into three parables, three stories, to illustrate how how he feels about the notorious sinners and to illustrate how heaven feels about the notorious sinners. And he, he, he frames it in this context of things that are lost. And last week I shared that first parable with you about the lost sheep. And he says, wouldn't a shepherd who has 100 sheep and loses one leave the 99 to go search for the one? Which was the title of the message last weekend, The One. And I asked all of you who call True Life home and who are already followers of Jesus, like, help me out. Let's all lock arms together. Let's remember what really matters, what matters most in heaven. All the sheep matter, but heaven gets the most excited when the one comes home. Amen? And we're all about the one. We're all about finding the one who's lost. Then Jesus launches into another story, another parable. And he says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she'll call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost coin. In the same way, now remember, the first one was the lost sheep, and heaven throws a party. Now there's a lost coin, and it says, there is what? Joy. Joy. So like, hey, just time out for just a second. I want to talk directly to Christians. If you're in the building today and you're not there yet, you're like, Hey, I'm checking out church. I'm kicking the tires on this Christianity thing. I like how I feel when I watch this thing online or I attend in person, but I'm not there yet. That's awesome. This will apply to you eventually, but right now I just want to talk to the people who are already followers of Jesus, and I just want you to know that if you're not feeling any, if you're not experiencing any joy in your life, one of the things you could measure is how much of my life has been dedicated to getting lost things found. Because the Bible says heaven throws a party when lost things come home, when lost sheep comes home. And it also says that there is joy in the presence of God angels, God's angels when even one sinner repents. In other words, the more I get myself aligned with heaven's priorities, the better my chances of experiencing joy in this life. Come on, can I hear an amen this morning? There's joy over this one sinner who repents. And so I have a challenge this morning, to be honest with you. As I was preparing this message for you, This All That Matters series, in fact, this time of the year, I usually try to be very intentional and very strategic with you. In fact, if you remember past years, a lot of times we do a series right here called Legacy, right? I'll tell you more about Legacy and how that matters next weekend, but we always do this series called Legacy, and we talk about how we reach people and how we're going to go, like we did last week, go find the lost and the things we do to reach people around the world and I like to share statistics and numbers with you, and really, it's a, it's a like, hey, let's go charge the mountain, let's go change the world for Jesus series, a reminder of what our mission is and what our vision is, 
And as I got into this message prep for you, like we're still going to do that, but I kept finding myself drawn to the language that Jesus used here and the specific things he used to tell the story. He says that a supposed woman has 10 silver what? Coins. And so I, man, I've been following Jesus for a long time now. I've been doing this for a while now. And I have this, I have this theory that I, I think is pretty legitimate. I think most theologians would agree with me. That Jesus didn't do anything on accident. Like, there's no detail in his parables that's accidental. There's nothing that he overlooked. There's nothing, there's no moment where he was not being intentional with the stories he shared, how he shared them, or what he used to illustrate the story. And I kept finding myself being drawn to the coin. She has 10, and she loses one. I have a coin right here. Somebody gave it to me after the first service because they thought I would, um, I would preach better. With, the, with one in my hand. So I have this coin. This isn't a silver coin. This is just a quarter. This one doesn't have as much value as this coin in the, in the story. But it's very interesting to me that Jesus chooses to use a coin. In the first parable, it's a sheep. It's a living, breathing creature. And I think he chose a sheep on purpose. Because people in that time period would have understood the behaviors and the patterns and the habits of a sheep. For instance, we didn't talk about this last week, we didn't have time, but did you know if, if a sheep gets lost, once it realizes it's lost and it's separated from the flock, it'll actually just lay down and stay where it's at. It won't move. And so the reason the shepherd has to carry it home is because it ain't going by itself. It won't walk. It'll be, it'll be unintentionally stubborn. Anybody else ever been unintentionally stubborn when God was trying to get your attention? Right? It'll be unintentionally stubborn. So here, here in the second story, he uses a coin. I don't think that's an accident. Jesus chooses to illustrate his point with an inanimate object, which inanimate is just a fancy way to say it's not alive. This coin doesn't breathe. It doesn't do anything on its own. It has no life. It has no awareness of itself or what it exists for or what its uses are or its value. Isn't it interesting that the scriptures also teach us that before we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, we're actually dead. We actually have no life. We're actually unaware of God's purposes for our lives. We're actually unaware of our value to heaven. Oh, come on, are you all tracking with me this morning? He chooses the coin. And there's some things I noticed about the coin. I kept being drawn back to the coin in the scripture. And if you're following along in your notes, I want you to write these things down because there's some interesting facts about the coin in this parable, the first one is the coin is lost. We know that. But it didn't wander off. It didn't leave the flock. The coin's in the house. It's lost in the house. In other words, can I just tell you something this morning? Like, 
You can have perfect church attendance and be lost in the house. You can know how to sing all the songs and be lost in the house. It's lost in the house. And I actually see it more frequently than you might imagine. People who are trying to check off a list of religious do's and don'ts, trying to modify behavior, trying to make themselves good enough for God to accept them. When all along, it was never really about that. It's really about, are you lost or are you found? Lost or found? You can be going through all the lists. You can have all the Christian language memorized. You, you might even have some scriptures memorized. Jesus says that's not even impressive. Even the demons in hell know the Bible. And you can still be lost in the house. That's what the coin was, lost in the house. Lost in the house. It's an inanimate object. It, it, it wasn't just lost in the house. It was lost without even knowing it was lost. Because it doesn't know. I just lost it. <laughs> See how easy that is? It's lost in the house. And it's lost without even having an awareness that it's lost. Like, I don't know about you, but I've had some moments in my life where maybe I've let my priorities get out of, out of whack or I've made some decisions in in. in wasn't really telling anybody about them or was giving in to some temptations in my life or was disobeying some things that I know God was asking me to do with my life and, and I was getting further and further away from God. I didn't even realize it until all of a sudden I, 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 I've come to this place where I'm like, I'm lost. And I didn't even, so, in fact, sometimes I don't even realize how lost I am until somebody finds me and tells me, you were lost. Y'all tracking with me this morning? You can be lost in the house. The coin's lost without even knowing it. This, this, this is just a quarter. This is just worth 25 cents. I used to do a, a teaching on, on vision. On, I used to be a youth pastor, and so I did a teaching on why we invest in teenagers and young people, because sometimes that's hard work, right? Like, I don't know if y'all know this, but sometimes teenagers can have a little bit different attitude, and, and sometimes they can make some questionable decisions. Come on, anybody know, anybody been a teenager? Anybody remember that season of your life? And oftentimes in churches, you kind of just want to create a little place that you can put them until they grow out of that, and then welcome them back to the family, you know what I'm saying? But I, I'm actually not for that. I'm for investing in young people. Come on, y'all. I'm getting way off track right now, but... I used, to have to, I used to use this to teach a message because people would say, I don't want to mess with teenagers. I don't want to work with young people. That's, it's, too, it's too much work. And um, one time I saw a quarter like this, and it was in a public urinal in a bathroom. And uh, come on, how many know you had to make a decision? What was 25 cents worth to you <laughs> in that moment? Sometimes we look at people and all the mess that they're in, and we go, it's not worth the mess to go get it. But uh, how many know people are always worth the mess? All right, that's a different message. Anyway, it's an inanimate object. It's, it's lost in the house. It's lost, and it doesn't know it's lost. The coin that Jesus has taught us, the silver coin, I read a lot of research on this. At, at bare minimum, this coin that Jesus is referencing would have been worth a day's wages to the woman in the story. 
In fact, there's a lot of potential for it to have been worth quite a bit more than that. But at the very least, it's worth a day's wages. So it's, it's worth it to her to find the coin. But the thing about the coin is, it's completely unaware of its own value. It has no awareness of how valuable it is. And some of us today are in a place in our lives where you have no idea how valuable you are to God. You have no idea how much he cares about you. You have no idea how invested he is in winning over your heart and bringing hope and healing and restoration to your life. Some of us know some people. Some of us have some people in our own family. Some of us have some friendships, some relationships with people who you just, you see how wonderful and beautiful they are, but they're so lost that they don't know their own value. Lost in the house. Lost and unaware. And even unaware of its own value. Maybe, maybe you're lost in the house today. And this is the tricky part of the message for me today, all right? Because I got to try to preach two messages in one. I got to talk to all the dream teamers and people who already call True Life home and you're invested here and this is your home church. And I got to get you all revved up to help me find people who are lost in the house. But the thing that the Holy Spirit kept drawing my heart to as I was preparing this week was those of you who <laughs> you feel lost. You're lost in the house. You're feeling invisible, unqualified, overlooked, unworthy, unlovable, undeserving. And you're lost in the house, which is why I need you to know, in a series where we're talking about the things that matter, all the sheep matter. Heaven gets most excited about the one who comes home. But today, hey, like lost coin, you who are lost in the house, I just need you to be reminded, you matter. You matter to God. You matter to me. You matter to this church, which is a good place to say amen, church. You matter. You matter. You may not feel like it. I, in fact, I feel like I, as soon as I said it, there's some people in this room that something down in your heart just went, no, you don't. I don't matter. Listen, I, just, I don't want to get all weird and Pentecostal on you, but I just want to tell you that little voice that's telling you don't matter, that, that comes from a guy named Satan. That comes from a, that is a lie from the demonic evil forces of hell. You matter, you matter so much that the God of the universe sent his son and he gave up his life so that you would have an opportunity to be in relationship with him. You matter. You matter. And so here's what I gotta do this morning. I gotta talk to two crowds. I need, I need some of you to help me find lost coins and, and I, I, gotta, I gotta talk to some of you who are feeling like you're the lost coin. You just, like, you're, you're doing, you're trying to do all the stuff, but if you were to peel away the layers of your heart and tell people how you really feel, you're like, I don't, I don't have any idea. I'm lost. 
I'm a lost coin. So let's talk about it. Let's talk. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to on every, every single one of these points. I've got three points for you. I'm going to talk to those of us who are already Christ followers first, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about how we find lost coins. And then I'm going to talk to those of you who are feeling lost today, and I'm going to give you some steps you can take that will help you come out from being lost. All right, you ready? Here's the first one. The, the woman did three things in the story, you remember? She did three things to search for the coin. The first one was she lit a lamp. So you got to shine. Like, hey, if you're looking for lost things, you're going to have to look in dark places. If you're looking for lost things, you're going to have to actually be willing to go shine a light in dark places. In fact, if you have a phone, why don't you go ahead and take it out? Like, get your phone out. Come on, everybody, get your phone out right now. Get your phone out. 100% of us, get our phone out. Get, get, it, get it ready where you can turn on your flashlight app, all right? Because they're going to begin to dim the lights in here. We're going to make it real dark in here, so don't go to the bathroom now, all right? Because you're going to fall, and then you're going to sue us, and we're doing okay, but we ain't got that much money. All right, so... And then go ahead, turn it on. Look what happens. What do we do in the, oh, that looks awesome. I wish you guys could see what I see. Hold on, I'm taking a picture. I'm taking a picture of this. There we go. I'll, this will be my, my uh, I'll try to remember how to log into social media and actually post something. All right, I'll do that later. All right, did my flashlight turn off? So this is what we do, right? We lose something. It's dark. Now all of us have this thing. What is, the, what is the first thing you do when you're trying to find something in a dark place? You turn on the light. You shine the light. I don't have that much more to say about this, but I kind of just want to hang out here because it looks cool in here right now. All right, go ahead. You can put them away. You can put them away. You, you, you shine a light. That's what the woman did, right? He said, and again, Jesus uses this language of like, what else would you do? Something's lost. You gotta find it. Won't, won't she light a lamp? What the first, the, look at Jesus says is the first thing she's gonna do is bring light into the situation. Isn't it interesting how the scriptures then frame for us all throughout the New Testament that our Heavenly Father, that our, our that our Savior Jesus brings light into darkness, that even his word is a light, that the scripture is a light for us in our lives. Listen, I, I need, I, I've got to do this sometimes, and it's not always the easiest thing. Part of my job, when I'm coaching someone, discipling someone, walking someone closer to Jesus, is to say, hey, this little thing in your life right here, let's shine some light on that for a little bit. Let's see what Jesus has to say about that. Let's go to the word. Let's go to scripture. Let's find out what God has to say about this. Thing. Let, like this let's shine some light on this. And I, I just need your help, true life. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, I need you to turn your light on. Come on, can I hear an amen? Turn your light. Well, how do I do that? Well, just be kind. Be loving. Sir, you want to turn the light on? Sign up for the Christmas shop, truelife.church forward slash serve team. AKA, turn the light on. I'm serious. We got to shine a light into dark places. That's what light does. Light exposes the things that cannot be seen in the dark. And there's some people in your life, there's some people in your circle of influence who are lost. 
They're closer than they think they are. They might even be lost in the house. And you know what they're waiting for? They just need some help getting the light on. Just turn the light on. I don't know about you, but I've had some moments in my life where I've had some stuff in the dark. And there's something about our human nature that makes us want to keep what's happening in the dark in the dark, don't we? Like I had a conversation, I've, I've told you guys this already, I've, I had a conversation a couple months ago with my pastor. And just my emotional ups and downs this year and trying to get through COVID. And so I, I was developing some coping mechanisms that were not God-honoring and they were not God's way of coping. So like I was sneaking around in my house after everybody else went to bed trying like Chowing down on ice cream and Reese's peanut butter cups. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Which is like not the worst thing in the world to treat yourself occasionally. But I wasn't treating myself. I was gorging myself. Instead of going to my Heavenly Father and be like, hey, I'm in pain right now. I was trying to eat the pain away. Now, I don't know what your thing is. That's my thing. Some of you are trying to click the pain away and you're visiting some websites you shouldn't be and some of you are dabbling with some relationships that you shouldn't be in. Like, I don't know your thing, I just know my thing. And I was talking with my pastor on the phone. I said, hey man, like, I'm struggling. And emotionally, I'm not, like, I'm all over the place right now. And so he said, well, what's in the dark that needs to come into the light? And I'm like, nothing. What's in your dark? I said, okay, yeah, like, like I'm, because this has been an addictive pattern in my life before. It's an addictive pattern in my family. And so I said, hey, I'm, do, I'm like, I'm doing this. And he was like, you're doing what? You got to name it, Michael. You got to get it out into the light, because when it's in the light, once we get in the light, we can work on it, but we can't work on it until it's in the light. And so then I, just all of it, right? And instantly, I felt better. Instantly. Then I talked to another friend on the phone. He's like, how you doing? And I'm like, not great, but I'm going to feel a little bit better after I tell you this. <laughs> what am I doing? Just get it in the light. We've got to shine some light on stuff. So, hey, lost coin, you feeling lost right now? I'm, just, I'm committing to you as a, as a church, as a church family. We're going to do the best we can in a loving, careful way to keep shining the light. But what you got to do is tell somebody. You, you got to bring what's in the darkness. Like, I can't bring it into the light for you. Come on, somebody. In fact, some of us are, we're followers of Jesus, but we're missing out on the fullness of everything God has for us because there's too many areas of our life that are shrouded in darkness. And I'm just telling you today, it's not going to get better until you tell someone, until you bring it into the light. If you're in a small group leader, in a small group, your small group leader is a great place to start. Like, hey, I just, I got something I need to share with somebody. And not, listen, everybody don't need to know. Don't start live tweeting all your darkness this morning. Don't be like, well, here's my list, guys. <laughs> you don't need to tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody because you're always as sick as your secret. And you got to get it out there. So, hey, True Life, I need your help shining a light. And, hey, Lost Coin, I can't help you unless you're willing to bring what's in the darkness. 
into the light. You got to tell somebody. She lights a lamp. Then she does something else. She grabs a broom. Come on, anybody else ever lost anything that matters to you? Anybody ever lost your keys and you got to be somewhere in 10 minutes? You know what I'm talking about? How many, like, isn't it amazing how quickly your house can get clean when you got to find something? Like, that place is a mess for a week, and then all of a sudden you're like, I can't find my keys! She's going crazy. She, it says she, she grabs the broom and she sweeps the entire house. All of it. Which, by the way, not a part of the message, but free marriage tip. In every marriage, one spouse or the other is more of a neat freak. So if you're not the neat freak and you want to look sexy... My wife's right there. Look at her. She's checking me out right now. So, you just you time it like when they're coming home from work and they come through the door, and you know that's the time where they're normally like stressed out trying to get the house clean, and they they come through the front door, and you're like, "Hey, what's up?" She sweeps the house. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you, when you decide to sweep the house, when you decide to clean the whole house, it never ends up being just sweeping, does it? No, no, you're like, oh, that picture's crooked. Oh, these books are not in the right place on this bookcase. Oh, I need to fluff these pillows. Oh, I need to, we've got to make the bed. We've got to pick up the dirty clothes. we got to, because when we go into cleaning mode, you know what we actually do? We go into reordering mode to get things back where they're supposed to be. And hey, True Life, you want to you wanna play your part in finding the lost coin? You're going to need to know the word. You're going to need to be keeping your relationship with Jesus healthy and vibrant so that when somebody tells you, hey, I got some stuff in the dark that I need to bring into the light, and you go, okay, you know what? I know how to help with that. I've been through this. One of the things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to clean some, you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit clean some things up, sweep up the house, reorder things, get some priorities back in place, straighten up the pictures, put things back the way they're supposed to be, fluff the pillows. Come on, y'all. You're going to have to, you're going to have to sweep the house and, hey, lost coin, we're, we're going we're gonna to do everything, I, I'm going to do everything I can to keep sweeping the house, keep keep looking for you, but, but you got to play a part too, and that is, hey, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit reestablish order in my life. I'm gonna, like, the reason some of us are feeling lost right now is because you don't have first things first. You got a whole bunch of other stuff first. And God is very clear, like, nothing else in your life works until he is First. It's not that I try to come up with some magical order of like, okay, first is God, then um, my marriage, then church, then blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You just get God at the center, and he actually will establish the order for you. You don't have to come up with a list. Like, he has the list. Come on, y'all. 
So you're going to have to be, like, if you want to stop feeling lost, you're going to have to bring some stuff into the light, and then you're going to have to invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to you through his word and through people who will love you, coach you, disciple you, how to get some things in your life in the order that is God-honoring so that he can begin to bless you and pour out his, his hope and his joy and his purpose and his calling on your life. You've got to establish order. His order will reveal things that are in your, you, you actually, some of you have some gifts some talents, some things that God wants to use, some incredible things that he wants to do in your life, some incredible value. You don't even realize how valuable you are. And even worse, something of value can be covered up by something that has no value. That's why she's sweeping the house. A few months ago, I experienced this in my own life. We've got a two-car garage, and one side is where we park my wife's car, and then um, I'm a truck guy, so it doesn't, it doesn't like, no tr- unless you drive a little truck, it doesn't fit in a normal-sized garage. And it wouldn't matter anyway, because the other side of the garage is, well, we just can't put a car there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's my lawnmower and lawn tools and random, like, I couldn't even tell you all the stuff that's in there. And some of you are probably, you probably have my system of organization, which is, it's under something, right? Like, hey, where's the blob? It's, you know what? I just got to go move some stuff around. I'm sure it's there. Anybody else? Like, that was, and uh, my wife's actually very different, okay? So she's, she's administratively gifted. She likes organization. Everything has its place. And um, so that side of the garage is kind of, will, will create stress and and so she'd be like, hey, can you clean up the garage? Can you? And so I finally got motivated and went and bought some shelving and spent a day cleaning up the garage, organizing the garage. And um, I was going through some stuff and pulling stuff out, cleaning stuff up. And I pull out these couple bags, like Home Depot, old Walmart bags. They got like leftover screws and parts. And like, I have no idea even what they're for, right? I'm like, why are these even here? So I pick them up to throw them away. And what's underneath? My cordless drill charger that I've been looking for for four months. You know what I'm saying? Come on, anybody else ever had that experience? All that to say, hey, y'all, sometimes something of value is covered up by something that has no value at all. Some of us are holding on to some things in our lives that actually have no value. They have no value to you. They have no value to the kingdom. Some of us are holding on to guilt. Some of us are holding on to shame. Some of us are holding on to our past. Some of us are holding on to this feeling of unworthiness. All the while, Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? I already paid for all that stuff. It actually, actually, in fact, I made it so it doesn't even matter anymore. That stuff has no value. And underneath all of that, I've called you to serve. I've called you to lead. I've called you to build a business. I've called you to be a husband. I've called you to be a wife. I've called you to be a parent. I've called you to have an impact on the world around you. And I just need you to get the stuff that doesn't matter out of the way so that we can reveal the value that's been in you all along. But you've got to establish order for that to happen. And that's why for for at least 10 years, I've been saying this, choices lead, feelings follow. Choices lead, feelings follow. And you're going to have to get some stuff out of the dark into the light if you want to stop feeling lost. And you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit reorder some things in your life. And during that process, you're going to be like, but I don't feel like it. I don't want to. And I'm just telling you, 
you're not going to feel like it until you start to do it. Choices lead, feelings follow. Can I get a little amen love this morning? Can somebody help me out? Then she does something else. She lights the lamp. She sweeps the house. And like, hey, true life, I just need you to help me care for people. Because they matter. And I can't get to everybody. I can't. Uh, In fact, sometimes I'm too busy being selfish to do it anyway. So we got to pick each other up on our bad days and show some care. What, what did the woman do? She searched carefully for how long? Until she found it. I think, I think we got lost coins in our house. Probably more frequently than we realize. In fact, since we reopened for COVID, we have the highest percentage of first-time guests attending our church services in the history of our church. People are in the house. And potentially, they're lost. In fact, I had this experience a couple weeks ago. I had to ask the Holy Spirit to forgive me because I almost blew it. If I could just have a transparent moment with you, I just want to tell you, like, after I preach three times on a Sunday, I'm so tired. I'm tired. I'm mentally drained, emotionally drained. Um, if you all haven't amen to me at all, I'm especially depleted. I'm kidding. A little. And, and I want to go home. I want to get some lunch, and I want to lay down on my couch, and I want to try to stay awake for a football game. My team doesn't play today, so I don't, now I don't care. I'll fall asleep quickly today. I'm tired. Sometimes I'm in too much of a hurry to get out of here. A couple weeks ago, I'm with my family. We had a guest speaker. I'm ready to go. And somebody comes down this hallway, and they say, Hey, Pastor Michael, there's somebody in the lobby that said they need to talk to a pastor. And I said, you're ordained. Can you go deal with it? And she just looked at me like, I was like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm coming. All right, so I, I come out to the lobby. But in my heart, like I'm just being honest with you, I was tired, I was ready to go home. Can, are you all judging me right now or can I, just be, can I be real with you? Okay. So I come out to the lobby. It's pretty much empty. One lady young lady standing out there and as soon as I get to her I'm like hey I'm Michael how can I help you boom she breaks just begins to cry like the Holy Spirit's dealing with her and she's been through some terrible stuff and she's in a lot of pain so I grab one of the ladies who leads a small group and we step into a side room and just talk with her for a few minutes, pray with her. Like actually a beautiful moment watching God minister and then on the inside I'm like, I'm sorry God, I'm an idiot.
But most of my interaction with her, I'm under the assumption like she just came to church today and she's having this response because God's getting a hold of her heart today. And so I finally say like, hey, is this your first Sunday here? She goes, no. I sit out there every week and I listen to you. And I'm summarizing here, but basically she's like, I try to figure out like, is any of that for me? Because I feel like I've betrayed God so much that there's no way he'd want to do anything for me. She's lost in the house. She's here. In the house. But lost. And I just need you to know true life. Like I'm not, I can't be okay with that and you can't be either. Y'all with me? I don't want anybody lost in the house. And so that's why I'm asking you, would you help me? She searched the house carefully. Nothing overlooked. Nothing left unturned. Some of you are already found, and you matter, and heaven's excited about you. But there's some lost sheep, and there's some lost coins, and I need your help. Shine a light, grab a boom, show some care. And, and by the way, if you're the lost coin, I'm just telling you today, like, you're going to have to let somebody help. It won't get better until you let somebody in. And maybe you're thinking, like, how do I do that? Because I've been to a church and somebody hurt me. Man, I would, I would love to be able to stand up here today and give you a 100% guarantee that nobody at True Life will ever hurt your feelings. But here's the problem is, True Life's full of people and 100% of people are sinners. So you're going you're gonna to have to take at least some level of risk and, and tell someone and invite someone to help you reorder and, and you're going to have to let someone help. It's one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm an advocate for people getting the help they need with mental health and emotional health. And it's, we, like, we have to take the stigma off of that in church circles, everybody. Can I hear an amen this morning? There's a reason why one of the names given to the Holy Spirit is the counselor. You want to know why? Because we all need some counseling. We all need help. And you're going to have to let someone help. That's why we say this around True Life. We've been saying this for a long time. We just, like if you call True Life home, we don't do life alone. We don't do it alone. Which means when you got garbage going on in your life, you need to be able to tell somebody. Also, when you got garbage going on in your life, occasionally somebody's going to come to you and they're going to tell you. Because they love you too much to ignore your garbage. Can I hear an amen? We don't do life alone. Hey, lost coin. You're in the house. You're closer than you think. You're doing better than you think. You're more valuable than you think. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we close up this morning? It's a difficult message for me to prepare and preach. I hope it made sense. first want to talk to the people who are 
lost. And you know, because as soon as I said it, something on the inside of your heart said, that's me. God's not first in my life. I got a whole bunch of stuff that's in the darkness. Nobody's helping me. Nobody knows about it. Stuff's all out of order. And I need Jesus. And here's the awesome thing. It's really easy to go from lost to found. Now, there's a process that comes after this, but the first step's easy. Which is just to acknowledge where you're at. And repent. Just turn. Just turn toward God. And whether you're watching online or here in the auditorium, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. In fact, I'll even give you some words that you can use and make them your own. You can just say, hey, Jesus, I feel lost. I don't want to be lost anymore. So I'm coming to you. I'm coming to the light. Would you help me? Would you help me to reorder my life? Show me how to make you the priority, to make you the center. Would you help me to establish some healthy, life-giving, God-honoring relationships so, so I can let some people help me, help me get discipled. Help me learn what it means to follow you. God, I'm sorry that I've been doing life my own way. today I make a fresh commitment that my life belongs to you and I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want to talk to another group of people and that's those of you who already are followers of Jesus. And I don't even think you need to call True Life your home church necessarily to participate in this because I think it's a mandate from heaven that we search for the things that are lost. But I am asking for your help, church. I need you to help me shine a light. I need you to help me grab a broom. <laughs> Get on a team and serve somebody. Get in a small group and lead somebody. Make an investment in somebody else's life as they learn how to follow Jesus. Help somebody who needs help. And just like I did last week, I said, hey, would you just raise your hand if you're all in on helping me find lost sheep? I, I want to ask you today, like, hey, would you make a fresh commitment today and say, hey, pastor, I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm all in. Let's go find lost coins. Would you, just, would you just wave a hand at me this morning like, hey, I'm in. Let's find, lost let's find lost sheep and let's find lost coins together. Thank you, guys. Thank you for that. Heavenly Father, you saw hands. Some are, some are doing it at home. They're raising hands at home. And I, God, I just pray you, you make us better at searching the house. Show us how to search, search the house. We don't want any lost coins. We want to do our part. So God, help us, help us, God, to, in a way that's loving and careful and life-giving, to, to shine a light, to, to establish order, to, to help each other, God. God, help us to, to find people who are locked up by shame and fear or addiction or hurt. And God, I pray that you would use each and every one of us to bring healing and hope and restoration into those 
situations, God. We just want to be used by you to accomplish your will. We want to find lost sheep, and we want to find lost coins because it's what matters most in heaven. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen, amen. Hey, would you all stand up if you're in the auditorium with me this morning? And I just want to give you a couple last little bits of instruction before we go. If you're watching online today and you have something going on in your life, maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to talk to somebody. Maybe you got some stuff in dark places that need to come into light. Maybe you made a decision to surrender to Jesus today or... Maybe you need help finding a small group or figuring out how do I get involved or what's LifeTrack all about. So right now in our chat and on our Facebook and YouTube comments, our hosts are posting a link to our digital connection card, our online connection card. And that is a great way to communicate with us. Let us know what's going on in your life so that we can come alongside and help you take your next step. And that same digital connection card, guys, is available to all of you who are attending in person. If you have our app installed on your phone or tablet or whatever smart device you use, you can just search your favorite app store for True Life Church of Newark and you'll find it there. Make sure you put the of Newark, or you might end up uh, with, with, a different, with a different church. I'm sure they'll appreciate when you give to them and things like that, but that's not us, all right? So, uh, <laughs> hey, if it's all into the kingdom. It's okay with me, amen? So, um, and use that, use that tool and, and um, let us know what's going on in your life so we can partner with you to help you take your next step, all right? Let's go into our world this week. Let's find lost sheep. Let's find lost coins, amen? Come on, let's give Jesus our very best praise. We're going to worship him one last time before we go. God bless y'all.